Hey. Hey. Uh, Welcome back, everybody. That was a really loud clap on my part. Sorry, my <laughs> hands hurt. <laughs> um, we're here. We're good. We're watching this fucking episode. Oh, no. I opened up the wrong, the link to the wrong notes. Are we doing 606? Uh-oh. 606, yeah. Okay, just making sure. Yeah, okay, good. That was the most, like, recent one. Yeah, I opened up the wrong link, is what I'm doing. Um, Hi, everybody. We're doing another podcast. We're fucking doing it. We're here. So, right now, it is January 17th at 9 p.m. That is what (laughs) it is right now. Um, And a bunch of exciting events just happened, and it's a lot of hot topics. A lot of award shows. Yeah. Mostly a lot of them. Which one happened first? The Globes. Critic? And then it was the Globes. Critics? No, I feel like and it was then Critics first. It was Globes, Critics, Emmys. Okay. Yeah. And um, most of the results were the same. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Basically. But it was uh, Every Baby Girl won. Jeremy Allen White won. Io won. Ebon. Didn't the Bear cast win too? Succession swept. You know what though? I'll say it. I have beef with one category, maybe. And that Which is... One? Supporting actress in a drama series, it went to Jennifer Coolidge instead of Rhea Seahorn. I heard Jennifer Coolidge kind of kills it. I heard she kind of kills it in White Lotus, though. In my opinion. I believe that, but Rhea Seahorn is so fucking good in Better Call Saul. And also, it was Better Call Saul's last season. No. And she nev- and, and they That's never crazy. won a single Emmy. And didn't Jennifer Coolidge win last year? She did. Yeah. Yeah. She won something. I don't know if it was it uh, Best Supporting uh, Actress. Yeah, but White Lotus... Was categorized as a limited series last year, but then since it got another season, uh, they moved it to drama. I rewatched all of the Bear over the last two days, and here is my conclusive idea about the categorization of it. I can see why season one landed in comedy. Season one's got more little quips; it's got more comedy in it. Season two, not a fucking comedy. Season it's two not gave me a, a panic. Comedy. Yeah, that's Dude. a drama. I the whole Christmas episode. Do not talk don't say that's a comedy get out of my face i think they're more likely to stick it in the comedy category for the same reason that they did like a show like barry yeah and that's because it runs 30 minutes instead of an hour i think they might was barry nominated at all for their last season they were they did they won nothing because the bear because (laughs) but also (laughs) but also ted lasso won nothing yeah but I also well at the Emmys, I think they Sam, won, they won what's his name, won for best guest star at the Creative. Oh, Arts he did, Emmys. but he deserves yeah. that always a hundred percent because he's Sam Richardson and Tim Robinson won an Emmy, so they won Emmys together and they're besties. But so. like on the like the category thing, I think it would behoove them to switch to drama next year because Succession won't be one of the options next year. And yeah, no competitor. That would clear the way for comedies like Abbott Elementary to win for comedy. Quinta won, won, won. Yeah? Quinta won. And. Yes. Yeah, she and won. And who. One of them won Best Supporting, no? Yes. Uh, Io won Best Supporting and Quinta won Best Lead. And that's the first time two black women have won it in the same year ever. Oh, who am I thinking of? Am That's I thinking awesome. of Nisi? Am I? There was I, a lady Nisi from Nash won the lady from Dahmer. Yeah, Nisi Nash, yeah. who I just finished Reno Nine One One this year, and she is so fucking funny. I'm obsessed with her. She's awesome. I loved her speech. I'll be honest with you guys. I did not watch the actual ceremony. I just read the winners list after. It was the single greatest ceremony I've ever seen. Y'all want to know how I witnessed oh. it? Only TikTok. Oh, okay. 
the way that it was structured, there weren't canned bits. They were like, they brought back casts from TV shows and had them on the sets of their TV shows. Um, um, Sunny Cast. I did see, yeah, I did see the Sunny Cast, but they didn't, they didn't build a Patty's Pub and no, they, they, they said something about they that. They had the cast of Martin in, like, the set of Martin. They had the cast of Cheers in Cheers. They had two cast members from All in the Family in all, and they had, like, the cast of did The Sopranos. Yes, Catherine fucking Heigl stood on stage next to Ellen Pompeo yeah. in front of Shonda Rhimes. I don't know if you know what a big fucking deal that is. Is there beef? That would be, like, a shameless reunion union with the woman that played emmy or the woman that played mandy and fiona and the girl that played karen standing there in front of john wells like that's how big of a deal this was this was a big fucking deal damn that's yeah yeah that's Catherine got um fired from the show after she was submitted to the emmys who was Catherine in gray's she was izzy she was submitted to the emmys in season seven for her work in season seven. And she asked that the submission be pulled because she said, I did see that. I do not believe that the work that, that we put out that I was given to put out in season seven is worth a nomination. Interesting. But did she ever, think, she never say, actually like got nominated, right? Podcast, it you? was just, she got nominated. Oh, she did. But in that season, she asked that her nomination be pulled. Interesting. Um, And then she got written off the show. Well, yeah. That's crazy. Well, because Shauna Rhimes is like, okay, you actively shaded me in the press. Yeah. Yeah. Same reason, what? like, Patrick Dempsey said something Shauna didn't like, she fucking killed What him. happened? What What was so bad about the storyline? I've never watched Grey's, so I'm just curious. She was right. Izzy's storyline was weak in that season. It was just like- It was just boring. It, there wasn't anything, like, overtly terrible about it. Yeah, it was just boring. It was like when- It was like when Steve- uh, when Steve Howie went shopping around to other shows to kind of intimidate Shameless. It's because Kev wasn't really doing anything. Yes. Interesting. She wasn't really I wonder doing how anything. she got an Emmy yeah. nomination then. Is it just because she's so good? Because she's Catherine oh, Heigl? Her work, her work in, in the seasons that she got nominated for, fucking incredible. Like her and Denny is one of the best storylines that the show has ever had. It was it was remarkable. Uh-huh. Um, and I'm not even the biggest Catherine Heigl fan. I like her in Grey's Anatomy, and I like 27 Dresses, and that's about it. But, like, my word, does she kill it on that show. Yeah. Okay. But, like, like, every clip I see of her, she's crying. But, like, her standing there next to <laughs> the guy that played Alex, who has also since left the show. Her and him and Ellen Pompeo, who plays Meredith Grey, and then the two actors that are still on the show yeah. that play Richard and uh, Bailey. Them standing oh, on Bailey. that set together? Crazy. Yeah, I bet. Crazy. <laughs> that is that's an interesting way of doing it for sure yeah what was were they all just like being honored of like long like long Import, important TV shows, shows or it was like, is- it was that it was like acknowledging black television like martin and things like that and acknowledging like the start of the sitcom with like all in the family and mm. the legends that have since been and it was really oh my god the in memoriam too charlie puth did the in memoriam i saw that he sang was- see you again but then they switched to the friends theme song yeah i'm sick of that when it, I, when I'm see you again tra- <laughs> no but when see you again transitioned into the friends theme song me and my sister my mom all remembered matthew perry and started weeping oh like it was beautiful oh i forgot about that yeah, too, yeah. it was beautiful um but yeah so not only did all of my baby girls win i that was genuinely the best salute and honor to television i've ever seen in award shows what it, it, was, it was what really the 75th year of the Emmys? Yeah. Okay, so yeah. it was, like, a special one. 
a quarter yeah. quill. It was, and it's the 25th anniversary of Sopranos. Uh, Grey's Anatomy is now officially the longest running medical drama on TV ever. Um, Boy Sunny's yeah. longest running sitcom. Never been nominated for a single Emmy. Crazy. I'll be honest. Invited. I don't like they. I can't think of a season that would be. Like, I don't know. But no, no I Rob like, McElhenney. Being, I know he won for I, Welcome to Rex. The Gay Mac. No, but Max Dance, that episode. I guess. He should have gotten a nomination for yeah, that. Yeah, but I mean, that's decisively stepping outside of comedy in that episode. Yeah. And yeah. I don't know. I just think they rub a lot of people, especially in what is it, the Academy for the Emmys. Mm-hmm. I think they run. I yeah. think they rub a lot of people the wrong way in the academy. That's fair. Oh, makes sense. Yeah. My favorite thing though is that photo of Rob watching like the Phillies game, <laughs> like, like while he's sitting while he's sitting in the audience. Yeah, Caitlin looks good. Oh God, yeah, she did look good. Tra- I, Jason my- Kelsey, by the way, deserved a better season than he got. That's if this was Jason Kelsey's last season, which it definitely was. No, I'm so am- angry for him. I'm so upset. For I him. like him better than his brother. I'll say it. I don't know what you're talking about. He plays on the Eagles. He's beloved in this city. He's and his brother is dating Taylor, Taylor Swift. Swift. Oh, yeah. bo- bo- boy. Right, that's why I'm like, I like him better than his brother. Yeah. Guys, I don't care about Taylor Swift. I'm sorry, oh, listeners, if awesome. you do. I'm sorry. Isn't that yeah. so cool, guys? We've probably just lost a lot of people, I'm, being honest. I'm I feel sorry. Like it's like I'm sorry. scary to say that stuff. <laughs> I'm not... Anyways, I want to say just one thing. I yeah. love the Sunny bit. I thought that was pretty funny. Like, they were like, have you ever been nominated? And Danny's just like, yeah, for, for taxi. taxi. <laughs> 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 that was just too good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we had our big three from the bear that won. Um, and then any the succession other, girlies. Of course, naturally. Yes. Any other memorable moments of that Beef night? took home, like, or every nights. award. And Bill Hader won nothing. But every time Ali Wong won, he, yeah. was, he looked really happy for her. God, I yeah, no, but am Bill so got, angry. He didn't win, but we won because he got a lot of screen That's time. true. I'm so angry about the amount of awards that Beef got. I never watched it. Like, yeah, because Neither isn't one I. of the cast members a fucking rapist? Yeah, but even before that came out, I just didn't get around to it, I think. Beef is what? Ali Steven Wong, the guy from Walking yeah, Dead. And yeah. yes, it was been. all written and directed by, like, one guy, but I don't remember his name. But he yeah. won the, like, writing and directing awards. Uh, yeah. Was it a limited series or what is it? It's on Netflix. Paul Walter Hauser won for limited series supporting actor, maybe, and he was in. I think who you should this? leave. That's all I really know him from. But I watched the clip of the guy who won for the morning show, and I was like, he seems like he deserved that. Who won for the morning show? This guy, Billy Crudup. Oh, that I makes think sense. He won for the morning He's show. like the main yeah. guy. I don't know. His, I really liked his like speech. I was just like, I feel like he deserves. He's this. excellent on the morning show because his character's detestable. Yeah, so my mom excellent. really likes that show. <laughs> who, was, who was silly that one? I remember. Uh, oh, that the one guy from that one, like serial crime show where he plays like the guy who's like, um, actually, like I, I oh yeah, strangled his, her. His um acceptance speech rhymed. It was what? a poem. Wait, it was a the poem. guy who played. Wait, am I crazy? Sorry, the guy who played Amanda, you probably have to confirm because I don't know names. Ed Kemper in Mindhunter won an award. No, 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 not him. It was not him. Um, it was the Taron Edgerton uh show Blackbird. I think. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's what I'm like talking his, about. Like, Paul Walter Hauser. Wait, that's the yeah, same guy. That's what I'm yeah, talking that's about. The, that's the same guy. Well, 
Is that the he same? Played? Yeah, because he looks kind of like how I remember Ed Kemper looking in Mindhunter. <laughs> no, he did not play and Ed he... Kemper. Ed Kemper's no, way I, bigger. No, I know he didn't. I know like... he didn't. I'm just saying they look, they're both like white, bald guys. So I was like. This guy was in Bupkis and Black Klansmen. Yeah. And uh, Cobra Kai and everything. But he, his, and I, Tanya, he was one of the guys that broke um, the the woman's legs in I, Tanya. But he, yeah, his speech was a poem. Uh-huh. I just like I always just think about like his characters. They they always um just like they kind of yeah. like this. Yeah. And he like I don't know. It was just like it, it was just his speech made me go. He was okay. also chewing something. Yeah. He, he just seemed so like disconnected, and I think that's why I like I remembered it. And then I feel like someone else silly did a someone else had like a silly acceptance speech that I really liked. But I can't remember who it was. I did I love was that Quinta Brunson got to accept her award from Carol Burnett. Oh, that's sweet. like that was yeah. amazing. Um, uh, did John Hamm present? No, no. Why did I see a clip of him? Oh, Tina Fey and Amy oh. Poehler did a weekend update presentation. I heard about that. It was and so then, good. um, Lorne Michaels, I guess, in the press like today or yesterday, said that Tina was in the Confirmed. running to take over SNL. Yeah, that's been a rumor the for way. a while. Um, I remember I heard that rumor a while ago. But it would make sense. No, it would make like, so it would much sense. I'm like, she literally sense. made a yeah. show. Yeah. Well, I'm watching 30 Rock right now, but it's like she literally made a show like yeah. about her time at SNL. So yeah, um, that would um, make a lot of sense. Other, I I don't think it was at the Emmys, but I think critics like Last of Us got Best Supporting Actress yes. and Supporting Actor, which was like, or Guest Star. It was good dope. So Stormy Reed won and then Nick Offerman won, which was dope. I but did I love think... Pedro Pascal getting on stage at the Emmys and being like, a lot of people oh, are yeah. asking about my arm. It's my shoulder. Kieran Culkin beat the shit out of me. Beat the shit out of me. And <laughs> the frame of Kieran just staring is like the scariest photo I've yeah. ever seen of someone. Um, but yeah. yeah, I don't think Last of Us won anything at the Emmys, which is like, it didn't. it's a good show, but I, I generally don't see it really being nominated. I think both of the guest stars really did deserve that because yeah. of their partaking yeah. in that show. Yeah. But if like, if anyone, like I could see Pedro maybe getting something, but not against Kieran uh, Culkin though. Sec- not this year. No. Yeah. No, 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 no. Absolutely not. But I'm thinking for like season but Joel two, dies Pedro will in probably season not two. be nominated. In the very spoiler for last <laughs> in the very part beginning, two guys, right? Joel gets his fucking. He's done. He's probably going to be in like the first episode, and then the, it's going to be the Ellie Abby show for the rest. Unless of the they really draw but, it so out because they know see... people like Pedro, but he could be nominated for for no, guest. Here's the thing though is that it's already yeah because because even though Joel is not actively in the game, half of that game is flashbacks of Ellie and him. Mm. So like he he is still going to be in the show. He's not he's not going to be. Yeah actively in the storyline but whatever but i don't he could possibly but i don't speaking know speaking of someone who is barely in the season i love that brian cox also only showed up to the emmys every yeah. other time when he was nominated it was just like a photo with well, him he's like i'm not he fucking knew he was this. not he going only to win. went to the emmys <laughs> he just hangs out he's he's like give it to kieran i'm staying home <laughs> <laughs> Every time uh, Matthew McFadden won, Zoe and Joey were like, Tom Wilesgams wins again. <laughs> I saw the clip of him and Io talking. Yeah. And she was like, I got grounded because I had your photo on my desktop. And he was like, that's awesome. I loved the interview. Someone was interviewing Daniel Radcliffe, asking him, what's the next thing he wants to do? And he's like, I would, I had done one rom-com and I really enjoyed it. And I'd really like to do another one. And someone said, oh, who would be your leading lady? And he said, Quinta Brunson. We're the same height. Oh, it I would saw be that. amazing. <laughs> yeah. That's cute. All right. 
And now, uh, we're I here feel to like we're just matters. delaying because this episode's so heavy. This episode's so heavy. I know, I'm tired. I don't want to do this. Okay, but let's. Uh, hello, everybody. This is the luck we had. It's a shameless recap podcast. I'm one of your hosts. My name is Amanda. Hey, I'm Evan. I'm and this episode, we're doing season six, episode six. NSFW. They knew what they were doing. The episode with probably the darkest content of any shameless episode that I can recall. Uh, it's been like two weeks season since two I watched episode, this episode. Whatever Thanksgiving. No, I, this I would argue this is darker. Okay, yeah, no, probably. I don't know what happens? Yeah. Um, to get uh, Evan to refresh you, Nick. Oh yeah, duh. The thing we've been yeah. literally talking about for like fucking a month sorry i like what i do is i binge the season in like a week and then forget about it and then going into this episode blind was exactly what i needed like yeah uh, like i was i'm glad we didn't say anything yeah so secretive this uh and this aired on valentine's day in 2016 i remember when this aired i remember well okay the episodes that was like right (laughs) when they launched the showtime like online platform like the streaming Mm -hmm. So the episodes used to come out actually at like there was some weird glitch at like midnight the night before. You would text me. So it would yeah, come yeah, out. Yeah. It, it came out like would. midnight February, like night of February thirteenth, midnight February fourteenth. Yeah. So like you could watch it before, but most people didn't yeah. know that that was like a thing. And then they changed it so that I they remember, didn't come I out until ten p.m. Yeah. I think I remember when I didn't reach out to you before then. It was like a little bit after. But I remember I'd be like, Lena, and you just send me the link to the new oh, episode. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't even need to say yeah. anything. You would send me the links because I couldn't find them pirated because I wanted to watch them. Or maybe I gave out, you my, like, I had, I, I had you. a bunch of different Showtime like free trials that I did. Maybe I might have sent you my login I don't info think at one point. You're honestly right because I remember being in like freshman year of high school watching that shit in like homeroom because I would preload it like before I left for school uh-huh. and then because I was on the school Wi-Fi I would always already have mm-hmm. it buffered and just watch the episode. <laughs> but yeah, this came out in 2016, February 14th. I was a junior in college. Oh, good, good lord. Um, was I a freshman? <laughs> yeah, no, I was a freshman in high school. Uh yeah, this episode was written. By Sheila Callahan, Miss Girl, what did you do to us in this episode? Because <laughs> fucking Lord, this is the seventh of 12 episodes she's She's writes. banger she after writes. banger. I'm sorry. I'm reading yeah. this list and I'm like, pew, 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 pew. Yeah. 305, Sins of My Caretaker, and 311, Order Room Service. Banger, banger. 403, Like Father, Like Daughter. 408, Hope Springs Paternal. Banger, banger. Ooh. <laughs> The Two Lisas, 503, 510, Southside Rules. She did this one and 611, Sleep No More. 704, I Am a Storm. 709, Uroboros. Okay, um, are, are, aren't we seeing a pattern here? She goes, she- I remember people used to call her Miss Galovich. <laughs> yeah. No, listen, like, if you look at the way it's, what she does is, like, the beginning of the season, she implants something so important, disappears for a little bit, and then comes back at the end of the to season. To wrap it up. She's like, yes, what? Dude, because you have 305, then 311, 403, and then 408, 03, 10, uh, like, 6 and 11, 4, 9. Like, she, like, she, she, she's playing a game, and she fucking won. <laughs> yeah, people... I think we people all would won. seriously call her like on Tumblr. They would be like, "Well, we all know she's Miss Galovich. <laughs> she's Mrs. Galovich. Yeah. Like, <laughs> she writes all their good scenes." <laughs> she did eight oh five, the miseducation of Liam Fergus Burkhart Gallagher, and eight ten, the Church of Gay Jesus. Damn, Winner. she was a shameless producer. She said season eight is mine. 
She was a Shameless producer from 2013 to 2018, and she wrote United States of Terra, a show called Sorry for Your Loss, and she produced Dispatches from Elsewhere. United States of Terra is the girl with DID, right? Yes. It's Tony. That Collette. show was crazy. I remember my mom. Is that N- Nurse Jackie, right? It's Tony Collette. No, Nurse Jackie's Edie Falco. Yeah. Oh. Tony Collette's like the the mom in horror movies. That's who Tony Collette is. Oh yeah, yeah 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 yeah. Okay okay okay. I remember my mom watching that show growing up, and she was like, "Don't watch this." It's it got canceled because of a writer strike, maybe. Um, my only yeah. memory of that show is I walked in on the episode where she's like her like butch alter ego yeah. and like she wakes up in bed with a woman and she's like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> um, it got the, one of the gay characters gets hit by a train. It's terrible. Uh, yeah. Um, di- next. The, as, this episode was directed by Jake Schreier. This is his one and only shameless episode he directs. He also directed the movie Paper Towns. Uh, an episode of the show Dave, an episode of the show The Minx, six episodes of Beef. Oh, so he's relevant right now. And uh, some music videos for Benny Blanco, Kanye West, and Justin Bieber. Okay, diversity. (laughs) Uh, The synopsis of this episode, Ian's relationship with Caleb gets more serious, barf. Lip, still reeling (laughs) from the very public scandal, is called to appear before a disciplinary committee where Helene accepts all the blame. The previously on was done by Fiona while refilling ketchups at Patsy's. And previously on Shameless, this is what has happened so far this season. Frank got Debbie the nanny gig at Cancer House. She was supposed to get set up (laughs) with the husband, but then Cancer Wife got in bed with her. Nick only ever wanted his bike and someone stole it. Kevin V took in so many refugee children. Amanda shared the naked picture of Helene online and it fucked all kinds of things up for Lip. Ian is into the firefighter Caleb, who wants a legit date, and the Gallaghers were evicted from their home. Wow. <laughs> uh, title credits. We open on Carl in a pool surrounded by women, absolutely fucking living in a fluffy robe at his hotel with Nick. And meanwhile, Nick is back in the room, curled up on the bed. And Carl comes in in his big old robe and tries to cheer Nick up. He's like, there's fucking hot cheerleaders here. Here, I got you some coffee. Nick can't get out of bed. He's too angry. He's too upset. So sad. And like, Carl, God damn it. When Carl wants to be a good friend, he's such a good friend. Mm -hmm. He's like trying it like any way he knows how. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. At Cancer House, Debbie is still in bed with Cancer Lady. So we're picking up from the moment the last episode ended. Still in bed with Cancer Lady. Frank sneaks out of the bedroom window, sees the new development, and gives Debbie a little thumbs up. Debbie tries to get out of bed, and it does wake Cancer Mom up. And the mom is, she's extraordinarily hungover from her night with Frank. And Debbie's like, yeah, you, you crawled into my bed, and you, you, you grew up me a little bit, and you sang some Melissa Etheridge. And the woman's so embarrassed. She's so embarrassed. I like her. Yeah. She's so sweet. See, yeah. okay, this is one of the reasons why I struggled with the, like, Debbie's a lesbian storyline is because I'm like, is because she had this, like, experience or this interaction, which is continued, by the way. Like, it's not just a one and done thing. Like, she does continue, but then I think Frank is like, you should have sex with her or something, and then she's like, she yeah. tries maybe, and she's like, I can't. Like, and so when suddenly she's a lesbian, and I'm she- like, <laughs> are you? <laughs> like it'd be one thing if like they made her to be if she realized later but it's also like i don't know yeah like i would could have been or she like, just wasn't attracted to her like, maybe reluctant 
Yeah, like maybe she was more reluctant and then she was like, oh, maybe, but they totally completely blow it off with any like attraction to it. And then all of a sudden she likes girls and like and doesn't seasons. like guys <laughs> at all, except at for then all. in except at for then all. in one of the last episodes where she like has that sex with that one guy, guy at the bar or whatever. That was really strange. Yeah. yeah. The whole thing. So weird. <sighs> this show doesn't know how to write queer people anyway. Uh, for for what it's worth, like I said, the mom is like, oh, fuck. I did not mean to crawl in bed with you. I was so drunk. I'm so sorry. Like, and she, she's like trying to back away from it. She's like, I am very sorry for that thing I did. And then meanwhile, Frank strolls in the front door like he didn't spend the night on the guest room floor. And He's so funny for that. The mom, the mom's freaking out. She's like, oh my God, look what I did. I'm going to puke about this. And Frank goes to Debbie to talk about it. And Debbie, whose hair is so close to that pancake batter. It's so close. It's hanging. (laughs) Put it over your shoulder. What are you doing? Um, She's like, she was just drunk. It's fine. She's married to a man. It didn't mean anything. And Frank, the philosopher, he says, a woman's sexuality is as fluid as the Mississippi. Mark my words. She's sweet on you. He's crazy for that. He was right, though. (laughs) (laughs) and meanwhile fiona is awake in sean's bed on her phone and he asks are you nervous about your procedure today and she's like you mean abortion you can say abortion sean and no she's not nervous she's on her phone house hunting even a shithole down the block from her where a guy hung himself is three thousand dollars a month damn and she's she's just really sad because Liam was born in their house. Debbie and Carl were born in their house. <laughs> the way she says it, though, she goes, like, Liam was born in there. And then it's like she almost remembers. She was like, oh, and Carl and Debbie. Yeah. And then Sean chimes in with, you were abused and neglected and saddled with the burden of raising five kids in this house. Speak on it, King. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, God, I love him. Suddenly, Fiona pops out of bed because she's like, oh, shit, I forgot something at the house. And he's like, go, get it before the new owners get there. I will watch Liam. How are you so awesome? And he goes, trial and error. He's so funny. I'm so sad already because I love him. (laughs) You still have a while. (laughs) Don't worry. Yeah, you're good. You're chilling. She's like me. She gets hormonal and starts crying because he's so good. And he's like, oh, my God, enough. (laughs) And she's like, okay, okay, okay. At college, Ian wakes Lip up by throwing a pillow at his head. Emmy award-winning Jeremy Allen White, by the way. Um, He asks Lip's advice about dating. And then the sound of Mickey's name just makes me weep. I'm just so sad. Every time they mention him, I'm so sad. (laughs) And Ian's like, me and Mickey never went on dates. Ned never took me out. Cash and me fucked in the back of the convenience store. And I don't think jerking off guys at the club counts. Sheila just has such a good understanding of everyone's care. Or she just has such a good memory of, of like, past storylines, I feel like. Yeah. It's like she's watched the show. Like, every time she writes an episode, it feels like it's consistent. She's like, oh, wait, you actually pay attention to the show you're writing for? She's like, right, Ian had a boyfriend before this. Everybody else (laughs) forgot, but I didn't. (laughs) And Lip asks- But you're right, though. You're so right, though. And, like, with, like, Debbie and stuff, it's like- she and and Carl being like a good friend, it's like she understands everybody's characterization much better than a lot of the other writers did, I think. Yep. Lip asks about dating. He's like, How hard can it be? You eat, you drink, you bang until your balls fall off. And Ian asks, Well, what do I wear? And Lip's like, I don't know. I have also never been on a real date. I don't fucking know what you wear on a date. 
And then Lip's resident friend stops by to tell Lip the picture made its way off of university websites and is now on the real, actual internet everywhere. Everybody can see it. The Helene picture. And Lip is now being, he's got like a hundred emails and he's being asked to appear before a faculty disciplinary committee. Y'all have any scandals at your colleges? Colleges, no. High school, yes. Uh, One of the gym teachers one time came in with a black eye and we asked him, hey, what's up with a black eye? And he said, oh, I tripped and I fell and I smacked my face on a doorknob. Uh, No, he tripped and fell into the other gym teacher and her husband walked in and punched him in the face. Oh my gosh. At (laughs) least that's a case of like misunderstanding. Oh, wait, no, no. You mean tripped and fell like you, like they were hooking up? I'm sorry. I thought you were being legit. Yeah. (laughs) No, no, no. They were fucking. I love that play on her. (laughs) Tripped and fell. But it did take me a second as well. And also fucked her. Um, Um, Wow. I'm sure we had some. I just can't remember off the top of my head right now. I obviously didn't go to college, but at my high school, it was like the year right before I got there. Like one of the teachers was like sleeping with one of the students. Ooh. And then I just found out, like, because I still work locally to where I, like, grew up. Um, and so, like, every now and then I'll get, like, someone who is a couple grades above me coming in and be like, oh, hey, are you? And we're like, yeah, what's up? Um, I had this one girl come in the other day and tell me another teacher got fired for having, uh, I, the, I can't think of the word right, having a, not a serious re- a relationship with a minor. Woo! Yeah. Or, like. What what am I what word am I trying to think of? I don't know. Sixteen will get you know. twenty though, babe. <laughs> but yeah, no. Um, I think that's about it. I don't think anything at college is that my friends. I don't even think so. I had like this wasn't a teacher thing, but two of my friends uh, were hooking up in the auditorium at school, and they got brought in front of the principal because there are cameras in the auditorium. Whoa. That's crazy. That's and classic. They played they played the video in front of their parents. <gasps> no, that's no, that's crazy. One of them was not out to his mom at the time. Oh, was it two dudes? Yep. Uh, <laughs> okay, also, but showing that yeah. video of two children doing that to multiple other adults, yeah. um, maybe we shouldn't be watching the video. Yeah. Like a screen get grab could. Oh, picture tells <laughs> a thousand words, tell guys. Them. Just tell them that they got caught doing a thing. I feel like that's believable <laughs> enough. Being like your kids were fucking in the auditorium. Yeah. It's <laughs> uh, more believable than being like, "Do you want to watch this?" Like, sorry. <laughs> Anyways, sorry, but uh, scandals over to Debbie and Frank at the doctor. This scene was actually very, very sweet. Um, She's getting an ultrasound and Frank is reminiscing about Monica's first picture of Fiona and how she looked like a rotting apricot. And he said, came out perfect, though. She really did. He said to Debbie, before we knew your gender, we called you the tumor. Then you were a girl. All of a sudden, you were Debbie. I think that is such a funny thing to call a baby. The tumor. (laughs) I think that is really funny and really endearing. Thank you, Sheila Callahan. <laughs> yeah, like, you, the, and then all of a sudden you were Debbie? God, that was lovely. And he says that while, like, they're both looking at the sonogram. Yeah. And it's like, oh. And they, Debbie can't decide if she wants to know if it's a boy or a girl. So the doctor's like, how about this? I will write it down. I will put it in an envelope. And then you can decide to look at it later. And as she's writing it down, Frank sneaks a peek and goes, I was hoping for that. And leaves. Fuck you! It was so cute! I can't believe Bill... I, I Bill. He got nominated a couple times, but he never won, right? 
Yeah. Yes. Well, depending on... Did any of the shamey cast win for uh, something? Joan, once. Joan. But depending yeah. on who he was up against, maybe that was the right decision. I don't remember who yeah. he was up against. Yeah. Uh, but 2016 comedy, probably Modern Family. Were they comedy at that point? Yeah. Yeah, probably Modern Family. Uh, back to Fiona. She's breaking into the house so that she can take... Remember the moment that I mentioned of her checking the heights on the closet door? She's breaking in the house to take the closet door that has all of their height charts on it. I love that shit. Uh, and as she's like... She like busts in the back window and like is tearing the, the thing off. And then the new... She like throws a brick through the window. She, the new owner and the inspector are at the house. And baby, name a problem that a house could have. This house has it. Mold. Termites. Rot. Copper pipes are gone. There's a family living underneath the house. Like every problem they can have. Oh my god, I forgot about that. Oh my god, I forgot about that. (laughs) (laughs) And then, like, the inspector lists off all the things, and then Fiona adds in, and the toilet backs up once a month, and the pipes freeze every winter. (laughs) She's like, yeah, it's a shithole. But it's ours. (laughs) Yeah. They say it's gonna cost $150,000 to fix everything, and the inspector advises throwing this turd back in the sewer. At school, Lip waits for Helene, but as he's following behind her trying to apologize, bitch keeps walking. She does not turn and acknowledge the exists. Good, as she fucking should. I mean, she could have handled this better, too, but... Well, obviously, in a public setting, they shouldn't be talking to each other when all this shit's going out. I hate, like... But obviously, she could have handled it better. I do agree with that. Statement. I hate miscommunication as a reason that things fall apart. Like, you should have had... A, scream at each other if you want, but you should have had a private conversation about all of this. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Frank, meanwhile, is at the hospital waiting on Cancer Lady's appointment update. And the news is bad because it's fantastic. She's in remission and she's going to live. A really long time. What form of cancer did she have again? Breast cancer? I don't know. They never say. Yeah. They never. Yeah. But what did they say what stage she was? I think three. I was going to say two or three. Uh, But yeah, Frank's like, oh shit, she's going to live. I must shift gears now. Then we go over to Carl and Nick. They're shopping for cars. They're looking at an old cop car. Nick doesn't want a car. He wants his goddamn bike back. Yeah. And he- he even tells the guy that's selling them the car, he's like, I don't have a fucking license. And this guy is shady. He's like, I do not care. Do you have cash? Yeah, it's just like a, <laughs> a junkyard that's just selling a bunch of cars. He didn't give a fuck. It's like, do you have cash? Here are the keys. <laughs> Goodbye. At the bank. Fiona wasted no time. The moment that she thought that the house was going to, like, that they were going to back out of the deal, she ran to the bank. And they did. The family backed out of the deal. And she takes the chance, and she's like, "Can I still buy the house?" And they said, "Yeah." She's like, "Good. I want to buy the. I want to buy the fucking house." I still can't believe being able to like commit to an auction like that and have never stepped foot in the place yeah. and be like, "Yeah, I'm gonna drop a hundred grand." On well, this I guess piece it's because they yeah. give them time to back out if they want to. But yeah, I can't I think believe it's like thirty days. I can't believe that the storyline got resolved so quickly. It was like two episodes <laughs> yeah. of we don't have Within a house an episode, and now they're like we have a house again. <laughs> <laughs> well, she. Is at the bank. She still has the loan. She can put the down payment on right now. She's going to sign all this paperwork. But one of the papers includes a paper for Gus to sign, saying that he has no claim on the house, even though they're still married. Are they in the midst of divorce proceedings, or does that not come until later? I... No. Well, she was going to ask him for a divorce during 
the fuck you, Fiona. F you, Fiona. Yeah. Right. And then after this is when we get the whole saga. About the ring. The back and forth. Yeah, yeah, okay. So this is pre that where she's like, damn it, now I actually have to contact but him. Because like, did her he, and he have a conversation. Did he come to her yet and be like, I have a new girlfriend and who I want to propose no. to? Okay, that's later. No. No, that's later, yeah. Um. So, yeah, so now she has to get in contact with Gus to have him sign this paper so that she can buy the house. Meanwhile, Debbie is spending the day with Cancer Mom's kids. It, this ha- This must be a weekend. This episode must be during a weekend. Times are, days aren't real. nobody's in school. But also they're homeless, so, like, why would you go to school? Yeah. Um, they're doing arts and crafts. The woman wakes up from a nap and asks Debbie about her appointment, about the ultrasound. And Cancer Mom says, Debbie, you should have a gender reveal party. They have, they, you can have it at the house. You can invite your family. Let's have like a warm, loving, wonderful thing. Because the woman does not yet know that she is no longer dying of cancer. So she's like, let's have a happy party. Mm. And she's also like, low-key, Debbie, I'm into you. Whatever. <laughs> so fucked <Yeah>. up, actually. <laughs> well, Debbie lied and said that she was 18, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Still fucked up. <laughs> Yeah, we we are 15 minutes into this episode. This is the first Kev sighting. We had a lot to get through. Hey. We had a lot to get through. Yeah. <laughs> we see Kev. With that previously, dude, you had to fill us yeah. in. We see Kev at the alibi for the first time in this episode. He's trying to make a sign to ward off the hipsters who are already not coming to the bar anymore. Dyslexic Kev. <laughs> Doesn't it say like no man buns, like in a couple, or like no like electric bikes or some or electric car? I don't know some bullshit on the sign, all spelled and with yeah. like backwards s's and stuff and r's. <laughs> and Kev's like, I want to show the regulars that we are loyal to them. And Svet says, in my country, we have saying, stay away from men with excessive facial hair. And Tommy goes, is that true? She looks him dead in the face and goes, no, you dumb fuck. Everything I say is bullshit, but you believe me because I have an accent and I never smile. You did ah. it. Yeah. You did it. You simplified Svetlana's character down to one sentence. <laughs> oh, wasn't fucking um, Isidore in an episode of Grey's? Yes. Yes, she was. I saw that clip the other day yeah. on TikTok. And then it's weird because I really don't see that much like Isidore in the public, like videos and stuff like that. So when I hear her without an accent, I'm like, I forgot that she just... <laughs> also just talks like this she can just do a really good accent because she's actually from there but i love i loved her delivery there tommy going is that true and she's like in his face she's like no you dumb fuck the way she like turns to him i'm like ooh, you're about to get beat like, down i am lying well, she like broke you, her she idiot. broke her facade for a second too she was like are you serious like you actually think so and Kev says, from now on, free well drinks for anyone who comes in with an eviction notice, an EBT card, or an unemployment stub. Let's go for the people. Yeah. And then King of the Freeloaders, Frank, comes strolling out of the bathroom and launches into a rant about how bad it is to cure cancer. He's so dramatic. <laughs> And Kev's, Kermit's like, okay, shut the fuck up. And, like, just blows him off. Loki, the funniest character in the entire show. Kermit. Yeah, he and Tommy are, like, the old men in the theater in the Muppets just, like, sitting back My brother mentioned to me the other day, because we were watching, like, a Blue Jackets game or something. Columbus Blue Jackets, the hockey team. And he was like, oh, just like Tommy, like, Tommy and Shameless. And I was like, what? And he's like, you never noticed like, we're from Columbus and you never noticed that Tommy wears a Blue Jackets hat the entirety of Shameless. And I was like, are oh, you serious? Yeah. 
<laughs> and then he showed me a picture, and he was right. Oh shit! Damn, he got you on that. You shit. unlocked. You unlocked something. <laughs> well, I was like, no, I wasn't fucking looking at Tommy's hat. <laughs> was it your younger brother? Uh, my younger brother, yeah. <laughs> the goat. I love him. Hi, Lena's brother. He's the best. Uh, <laughs> and then uh, Debbie walks in to the alibi, and Frank makes the weirdest pregnancy announcement. He said, my winsome young progeny here is with sperm. Why? Get out of here. And he said, gonna be a grandfather for the first time. To which Kev says, I thought Chucky was your grandson. And he, Frank says, there's no way that R word, donut, is a Gallagher. Bruh. <laughs> Bruh, but no. So funny. We need a soundboard. <laughs> oh my god, we need a soundboard. <laughs> How would we even do oh, that? I can do oh my some God. research, maybe. <laughs> yes, I want to run the soundboard. I want to run the soundboard so bad. Okay, yes. I'm going to look into you it. You get a soundboard, oh, Lena. I'm going to look into All it. All you. <laughs> I don't know oh, how to yeah. make it, like, record into our recording, though. That's something I'll have to find out. You just play it on your end. Huh? You just play it on your end. Yeah, but yeah. I can't play it out loud. Yeah, you can. Into the mic. But why would I do that? Because then I'll have to disconnect from my headphones, and then you can hear you guys talking. You could share the sounds with me and hit them in the like during the recording in real time and i will edit them in like no i know but then but then my mic is or also going to recording. pick up you guys talking i think i could just do a separate recording it would okay it would it would like also just, pick up you guys you, talking because my headphones your mic doesn't be pick up us talking because i have headphones on no but if you hook your soundboard up to your computer oh then- i'll see i'll see I'll figure it out. <laughs> I just, I'm. We could be like a separate recording that you just sync up with everything, so then it just plays at yeah. the correct moments. Yeah. yeah. Okay. We'll see. Anyway. <laughs> Anyways, sorry guys. <laughs> Six seasons in. Uh, <laughs> Debbie tells Frank that he's right about Erica and things are getting weird. And he tells her, lean into it. Erica is going to live, but he hasn't told her yet. So now, Debbie, slide on in there, learn how to finger a woman, or else she's going to end up on the side of the road where they, f- when they fire her for being no longer a necessary nanny. And then, I lo- like, Frank starts laying out the finer points of how to please a woman in bed. And Kev's head pops up like a meerkat in the background when Frank is going through that. <laughs> Just like he cannot understand the words that Frank is saying. And Tommy chimes in with, a lesson in parenting, gentlemen. Insane. And Debbie's like, yeah, I will not be fucking my way through this family. Thank you so much. Um, I will find my own way in without sex. <laughs> sure you will. <laughs> Why do most families get broken up, Debbie? Because of sex. It's a powerful tool. Right? Meanwhile, at school, Lip comes banging down Amanda's door. Speaking of sex ruining shit, uh, he asks her to do something to help Helene out here. And Amanda's like, no, fuck you. You should have thought about the consequences. No, she should have thought about the consequences before she fucked her student. And you should treat the women you sleep with better. It's also like, what is she supposed to do? All she did was paint the wall. She didn't take the picture of Helene. Lip did that, didn't she? Oh, no, no, no. She stole the picture, she didn't she? She leaked the picture. Okay, yeah. yeah, you're right. Sorry, I forgot. But also, it's like, no one needs to know that. They can't They can't trace that back to her. The damage is already done. There's nothing... Yeah. And she, well, she says she's been getting death threats about this, so her parents are making her leave campus until it blows over. So it's like, yeah, it's the internet. There is nothing she can do now. It is on the internet. And then we cut to Fiona, who got a call back from Gus, and she tells him she just needs him to sign some papers so that she can buy the house back. And he hangs up on her. (laughs) 
What, what a guy. dick, though. That's her house. Right? Like, just sign and, like, some papers. Fuck. Right after he hangs up on her, Debbie comes walking up with the cancer kids. And she comes to the diner and Fiona, and she asks Fiona, have you killed my unborn niece or nephew yet? And then she- Crazy statement from her. Then she invites Fiona to the gender reveal party. And Debbie's like, I need, I need to talk to you even though we hate each other right now. But I can't because you don't support me. And Fiona says, I do support you. I just don't support your choices. And Debbie says, I am my choices, Fiona. Why don't you see that? Powerful. Yeah. I had to think about that one for a second, but yeah. Like, you are your choices and they are bad ones. Both things are true. Both things can be true. (laughs) And then Gus texts Fiona with a three-hour window of when he can meet her at the alibi. He's just like 9 to 12, right? And... Yeah, she's like, a three-hour fucking window? She's so mad. And then we cut to Ian on the date with Caleb at the fancy restaurant. He orders a fancy wine and a bunch of appetizers, and Ian is so uncomfortable. Okay, um, that is too much food for also, appetizers. Yeah. first of all, on a first date, he's taking him to this nice-ass restaurant. Like, I get that he's, yeah. like, he's got a city job and he does art on the side or whatever, but it's, like... That's a little, like, coming on strong, especially for a first date. And you can tell Ian is so uncomfortable, too. Especially with a guy that you know comes from, like, a low-income background. I just feel like that's a little, like, it's kind of a power play. Is that crazy? I feel like that's their whole dynamic the entire time. Like, even when, like, we... I don't know if this is the episode when him and they go to the doctor or something like that. That might be like it. Uh, no, it's later. But I'm like, but I'm like, this is a show of dominance. This is him being like, I know more than you. I'm more cultured than you. Like, ah. And it's he continues to play that way. It pisses me off. I know. I do immediately. You immediately hate him in this. In this, like, I can't fucking stand. He just he lacks like a lot of empathy for awareness, like whole background. Yeah. Yeah. And he asks about Ian's family. He's like, you seem like a pensive only child. This chemistry is dust. There's nothing here. (laughs) Ian's like, you would think, but you would be wrong. Hmm. You would be so fucking wrong. Like, they just, these two actors have no chemistry with each other. It's, it's horrible to watch. If you guys don't have real life gay allegations, I can't get behind it. I can't. And, like, can we not describe Mickey as a domestic abuser? Like, he was the only one who ever shown Ian any kind of kindness or love or sympathy or care. Like, ah! Especially toward the end, Ian was the aggressive one. Ian was the one pushing the physical violence. And Mickey was the one trying to, like, be adults in a relationship. God, it fucking it makes me so mad. It makes me so angry. Yeah. And Caleb calls Ian a street rat, a brawler. And Ian says, is that a problem? And Caleb says, only if you make it one? Go fuck yourself. No, Caleb just, like, has too much class that he thinks he's so much better. Ugh. He Like, Ian is a project to him, and I, I hate it. And he gets a call, a guy is calling out of work, and... And he's like, I have to, I have to go. Somebody's calling out of work. And Ian talks his way into going with him on the call, which you can't do. No, absolutely not. You can't just go on a firefighter's call with him. The fact that he let him is crazy. Right? Uh, We cut to Debbie frantically ordering last minute gender reveal cupcakes for the morning. It's a nothing scene. It's nothing happens here. Yeah. Bitchy Baker. 24 minutes in first V sighting of the episode. She's reading her girls and the refugee girl a bedtime story. The refugee girl mimes 
Goldilocks getting killed. And V's like, no, no, no. Goldilocks is a good person. We do not kill good people. And the um, But she's so right. <laughs> Goldilocks breaking and entering, <laughs> eating their stuff, and then what Sleeping is the fucking bed. word? Yeah. Oh, and then squatting. <laughs> illegal, illegal, illegal. And she she says, we do not kill good people. And the girl says, then who? And V's like, no one. We kill no one. Meanwhile, I, I'm starting to come around to Ewan's. I like him. Oh, he's fun. He's yeah. interesting. I like him. He's kind of what Lip needed. Yeah. Like in this in this storyline. Like, it, it, I mean, a good, a good like entertaining until... dynamic. Not, not like, not he like what Lip He sticks around until. Needed, if anything, he made him worse. But. Yeah. Um, <laughs> turned him into yeah well although he is the one to kind of step in and be like you are on a bad path you are turning out like me because he sticks around until what like seven or eight uh they they yeah they have like a a relationship until like seven and then i think he returns in like late season eight or nine for what happens you don't remember what happens or no yeah i I do too yeah saying anything but yeah He's the one. He is the Car, one who gets yeah. lip into treatment, though rehab. But for now, we're in his office. They're talking about the Helene situation. <gasps> fuck you, fuck you, fuck scene. Let's go. Lip wants Helene to not lose her job and to not dump him. And Ewan's like, you cannot have both of those things. If she loses her job, she will resent you and dump you. If she does not dump you, she will lose her job. So he said, remember this: we only have two jobs on this earth. The first to learn the second to cope damn and lip asked does coping mean walking through life shit-faced and then ewan's opens up about his wife and child leaving him for someone who was less of a fuck up and lip raises his glass and cheers his to to finding something worth learning and to coping with it poetry and frank this is frank <laughs> like that that is some shit frank would say Am I wrong? Like, no, it is. is Professor Frank. <laughs> that's that's why that's why yeah. Ewan's is like what Lip needed or the dynamic that Lip needed because he is a lot like Frank and yeah. but obviously like in a more logical sense it's not like Lip can interact with someone like Frank um uh while he's at college. Yeah. But he also kind of accepts a lot from Ewan's because Ewan's is what Frank is if Frank had continued college. Yeah, he's Frank with a degree. Right. And so Lip, like, finds connection with him there in the, like, academia. But then I think he sticks around because he reminds him of Frank. And, like, in a mm-hmm. in an environment that's so unfamiliar to him, like, being in, at college. Like, I remember how much he struggled with, like, going to that party and all the, like, rich people were there and stuff like that. Yeah. And he kept trying to, like, differentiate himself. Like, that's something that, like, reminds him of home. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, here is a guy who is like me, who is also in this world. Mm-hmm. But it's also not something he, like, has to take responsibility for. Like, if yeah. Ewan's, like, I don't know, in in a certain sense, he does as a TA because it's like, well, if Ewan's doesn't show up to class, Lip has to teach the class. But it's also like, if Ewan's, you know, mouths off to the wrong person, it's not like Lip has to step in and fix it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So... It is, like, a weird, like, better version of his relationship with Frank, almost. Yeah. Uh, Then we go back to Carl and Nick. Uh, Carl says, once we have a million dollars, I'm buying a house. And Nick goes, not with me. I want a farm full of animals. No people. I'm not good with people. And Carl's like, what about me? You're good with me. And he's like, you're not really people. You're real. 
Like, no one else is like you. Like, aww. I am so sad. I want him to have a farm full of animals. I want, like, I... And, like, besides the fucking black scent that Carl is putting on, he's he's a good friend to this man. Oh, don't they worry. He drops that shit quick. Quick. Mm-hmm. And... Like it, sh- it breaks my heart. This is this is a well constructed, devastating storyline. It's it's beautiful and heartbreaking and sad and amazing and horrible. Well, and just as much good as the actors put into it. Like I feel like Ethan doesn't get a lot of props because Carl as a character is pretty surface level most of the time, but yeah. he really stepped up. I feel like, and of course the guy who played Nick was amazing. Oh. We go to the alibi where a bunch of people who meet Kev's specifications of, like, unemployment stub, eviction notice, all of that, come in for their free drinks. And a hipster comes in, and Kev's like, fuck off forever, and kicks him out the door. And Fiona is waiting at the bar for Gus, who's been standing her up, and she's got a notary next to her. They've been there for hours, and Gus has not shown up. And Frank says he and Debbie might need a place, uh... Like, now they might get kicked out of the cancer house. Fiona's like, there's no fucking way that if I get my house back, you are slipping under my roof. No way. And on his way out the door, he lets it slip that Debbie is having a girl. On purpose. So on purpose, Uh. right? (laughs) Yeah. The way she perks up and just, like, to herself, she's like, Debbie's having a girl? Yeah. She starts to thaw when she hears that. The notary has to leave. Gus officially cancels cancels on Fiona. Back to Ian. He gets out of the rig that he shouldn't have been able to go on, uh, on Caleb's domestic violence call. It's a woman who was being abused, so she stabbed her husband. He's laying in the street. The firefighters have to legally tend to the more injured person. So the woman is sitting, suffering on the curb. She's also hurt. Her arm is fucked up. And Ian walks over, gives her his jacket, and uses his medical knowledge he picked up in basic to put a splint on her arm. And, like, Caleb comes over and goes, like, yo, 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 you do not know what you're doing. You can't do that. And Ian's like, I learned this in basic. Calm down. Well, it's like, you're legally not allowed to, I don't think. (laughs) Yeah, no, he's intervening. But, like, all he did was put her arm in a splint. He's like, I learned how to do this in basic. This is, like, step one stuff. And then Caleb takes over the rest. And you can kind of see, like, while Ian is standing there watching all of it happen, like, a light bulb went off in his head. It's like, oh, I like helping people. And this helped people. I can, maybe I can do this. Gets a little drive. I do like, that's the only aspect of this I like. It reinstilling a drive in Ian is nice. Fiona gets back to Sean's place. Gus texted her at 1.07 a.m. Uh, Bring my grandmother's ring and meet me at Patsy's in the morning. Sean, who spent the day with Liam and Will, took them go-karting and gave him candy and let them pass out when their sugar rush wore off under their mountain of comic books in the living room. So cute. And Fiona's like, I remember when Lip and Ian were that young, passing out over a pile of comics in their little footy pajamas. And she starts crying. Oh my god, girl. <laughs> and she's like, he's like, we need to rest. We both, we got a big day tomorrow. And she's like, why do you need to rest? You're not coming. And he's like, yes, I am. And he's like, I know you're fine. I'm still coming. I'm not trying to be a hero. I'm trying to be your partner. I'm coming. And then a very, this is like a very dramatic, like, time is passing shot of trains and trains and trains. Oh, like a time lapse. And it's dark. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Night today, Helene's hearing. They ask, how how long did you know Helene before you became intimate? And then a lot of very intrusive questions of what they did sexually 
in that half no, hour. My favorite thing is just like, how long did you know Helene before becoming intimate? And he goes, um, like five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> It was like, and the sex you had, was it penetrative? Like, okay. Like, you don't need and to he's know. Like, did you do her or did she do you? Yeah. And he's like, whoa. <laughs> and he asked if Helene co- coerced him into doing it. And they ask, did you get favors in exchange for the sex? And Lip is like, I'm not a victim. She didn't take advantage. It was consensual. I wanted to fuck. We fucked. It was consensual. Did he ever end up dropping her class, though? I don't know. I don't know that because I think they would have like I think they would have less of a problem if it was like we started hooking up and I dropped her class. Then like I like I was she told me to leave her class, so I didn't. Makes me think that he probably still attended if those are like right. If they're like if they're like, did you get like good grades in return? It's like, well, yeah, he was probably in. Yeah, we like stop seeing any of Lip's classes besides like Ewan's class. Yeah. We slide on over in the middle of... This was really cool. Like, in this room with Lip asking very invasive questions. Transitioning over to Fiona in the middle of her abortion. Like, just story-wise, that was a gorgeous transition. I thought that was really cool. Like, uncomfortable, upsetting questioning to an invasive, uncomfortable procedure. It was good. It was like... This you know how I'd been complaining about the pacing of all the episodes? Mm-hmm. This was a smooth episode. Sheila Callahan. If no one got us, Sheila got us. Yeah. And Emmy handles, just like she handled the getting frist in prison scene beautifully, she handles this abortion scene really beautifully. It's simple, it's relatively quick, but it's still like quiet but powerful. It's really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sean's waiting for her when she comes out of the uh, abortion and we get mild pad slander she always does <laughs> and it's like no pads are good for you She's like, it feels like I'm wearing a you're diaper not su- <laughs> you're not supposed to wear tampons all the time toxic shock syndrome <laughs> embrace the pad Fiona you get the right one and it does it like and then it's not wet and you just gotta have the right one like just don't wear micro underwear and you can it, it's fine yeah. you get a cotton one and they dry usually. Like, it's fine. It, we're pro-pad here. Um, <laughs> Sean checks in that she's okay. And she said, I'm just devastated. I'm not drinking a milkshake right now. I understand her. I have ice cream in the fridge downstairs. <laughs> <gasps> I literally picked up ice cream today after work. I was like, I don't care that it's 16 degrees outside. I want some ice cream. No, after this, I'm so going to go. Like, I can't make a milkshake, but I'm so going to go, like, get a cup of ice cream, put a little milk in it, and make it softer. <laughs> Just stir that shit up. Yeah, it's Ben and Jerry's too. Mm. And he takes her to go get that milkshake. And we cut to Nick and Carl picking Debbie up for her party. They're driving along when all of a sudden Nick sees his bike. A kid is riding it. And he whips the car around. He follows the kid to where he lives and watches the kid take the bike in the house. And Nick tries to talk Nick down. Carl tries to talk Nick down said think of the farm think of the cows and like it seems to work and nick gives up in this moment and drives away Mm. at patsy's fiona gets her milkshake gus is still dragging she's dipping her fries in it gus is still dragging his feet and she says if he stands me up again i am showing up at his apartment with with a notary in one hand and a baseball bat in the other she's so real (laughs) 
And Sean's like, why is getting this house so important? And Fiona says, honestly, I am not entirely sure anymore. <laughs> Which is fair. She's like, it, the fight is getting so hard, she's starting to give up. Yeah, it's a piece of shit. They gutted that place already. And she doesn't feel like she has any real backup. Like, she's doing it on her own. Like, it's starting to get too hard. And she says she will not be going to Debbie's party. And Sean says, you will always be the person who raised them, regardless of what they do or where they live. And she says, what if I don't want to be that person anymore? What if I just want to be their sister? Damn. She's never gotten to just be their sister. She's their mom. She's perhaps Lip's sister. Like, that's that's the most she's ever gotten to be. But, like, she's their mom. But that's also because Lip, like, yeah, because Lip is the dad. So it's like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, she's never just gotten to, she hasn't gotten to be a part of the family. She's been in charge of the family for her entire life. Yeah, like, even in some of the earlier seasons, like, Fiona was in charge and Lip was still in school and stuff like that. So it's like, he did get to be a brother. Yeah. We do a hard cut. Kev is turning away a mob of hipsters because all of a sudden, now that they're not wanted, they want in to the alibi. There's a hipster that uh, Svet clocks. He snuck in the back and Kev walks up to him and asks for his ghetto cred. And the kid hands him a book of stamps. <laughs> that part's actually really funny. Kev's like, what are these? Kev's like, they're food stamps. And Kev's like, these are stamp stamps. Do you know what food stamps look like? Oh my god. And Kev's like, I'll tell you what, I'll let you stay. Because you got guts. But you gotta pay a cover. And he goes, of five? And he keeps looking at V. Ten? Twenty? Twenty. You gotta pay twenty dollars. <laughs> And Kev lets them know he will let in four hipsters an hour at 20 bucks a head. But he's... My, that that scene is funny because he says that. He opens his door, says that, and then closes the door again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's like, I need some time to prepare. <laughs> and he says to V, like, in order to maintain this policy. It's like, we need to get a scary bouncer. Like, pants shittingly scary. And That's you, boo. And we go over to Ian at, uh, going to Caleb's apartment. He looks at Caleb's art. Caleb is a found objects artist. He likes to find- It's weak. Yeah. His art's mid. That one, that's just, like, the- Yes! The I was- like, <laughs> The meme. The, like, big, the Dude, big, like, was... stick figure. That was memed to all no. hell back Amanda, in the day. you do not they understand so how funny. much. It's just, like, the little, like- teapot pose it's the funniest fucking thing oh my god people made so many fucking memes out of that like art like the screenshot of that like thing so funny (laughs) i can't even remember what the memes were but that photo was. it was it was kind of just like a reaction image but then i think it was also like sort of a yeah i don't know I think it was just used as a reaction image, but, like, every time it, it just was, like, funnier and funnier because it's just, like, no emotion, obviously, because it's a metal Well, it doesn't have figure, a face. but It's just a circle. Yeah. Yeah. But damn me. <laughs> yeah. We'll have to post it. We'll have to post it when this episode comes out. And, well, Caleb says he likes to find treasure in the trash. Boo. And, and Ian asks, is that what you're doing with me? if he has to ask that boy you're not worth his dime and remember how we said sheila was miss galovich miss galovich why the fuck do you keep slandering mickey in this episode why do you keep bringing up his name to drag him through the mud i am so mad 
selective memory. Wants, she wants to. She wants to tickle. He says, "I thought kissing comes after you've had sex a bunch of times." Go fuck yourself. Yeah, wh- shut the fuck up, Ian. What are you talking about? Like, Sheila, why are we treating Ian like he's an Lyor. idiot? Why are we treating him like he's stupid and doesn't know how a date? Well, it's like Ian was what, a hopeless like, romantic. Let's call it what it is. Yeah. Is anybody else? I just got like, like the weirdest flashback. Is anybody else remembering Byron <laughs> from when Mickey and Ian broke up for Stop. like a club? <laughs> oh, God. That was so funny. Oh, God. He's like, it's the fucking love boat up there. <laughs> like, fuck you. Like, I just, I hate in within the Mickey slander, they're treating Ian like he's stupid. And I, yeah, he, they're babying him. And I'm like, this man knows exactly where he is. Yeah. He's a little lost, but he knows. He and Cash, like, dated as much as a 16 year old could date a 30 year old man. Like, <sighs> this relationship is boring. It's boring and stupid, and I hate it. <laughs> Nick and Caleb are over the house for the gender reveal, but Cancer Mom gets a call from her doctor, and Nick while they are distracted gets up and speeds off in his car and carl goes running after him erica comes in the room from her phone call debbie and frank pretend they don't notice that she's in the room and she's like frank i think if the baby is a boy i'm gonna name it eric and if it's a girl i'm gonna name it erica i'm gonna name the baby after erica because she's trying to find a way to remain in the family just horrible (laughs) so horrible and and Erica announces to them that she is in remission. She is not cured, but she is out of the woods with cancer. Good for her. Snaps all around. Back to lip. And, well, and Debbie and Frank react like, oh, my God. Like, sh- like she said she got a good parking spot. <laughs> You're like, oh, my God, that's awesome. Yay. Uh, back to lip and Helene at the hearing. She takes accountability that sleeping with a student was a mistake and she's willing to take a leap of absence and break up with Lip. And the board recommends counseling because they know this is not the first time that she has fucked a student. Did she admit to this or do you think she's been caught before? I think they don't have proof, but they all know. Okay. Like They're like, she's hot. She's fucking. Well, no, like because everybody on campus is like, that's her thing. Once a year, she picks a student. And and she fucks the student. Mm. So, like, they know it's a thing, but they don't. This is the first time they've had, like, evidence. Uh, they might have talked to her husband, too. He probably could have snitched anonymously. Been like, yeah, she does this. Yeah. It's, like, part of our relationship, Loki. And they offer, they offer mental health services to Lip to help him cope with this. And he said, I don't need to fucking cope with this. Me and Helene are in love. Bro, you sound crazy. Uh... <laughs> Now you're insane in the membrane. She looks him in the face and says, the relationship has been terminated. Ugh. And after the meeting, he chases her out of the building and she will not stop walking long enough to talk to him until he like badgers her enough that she's whips around and she's like, do not talk to me. Do not text me. Do not have any contact with me or my husband or my son. And she like walks off and Lip is just left there fucking spiraling. I, I like I know that he ends up in a dark place because I, I the context of seasons ten and eleven and like I can see I can see him going over a cliff in this. That seems crazy though. It's fun. And then, oh, fuck. Ugh. This is Ugh. this is the darkest, most fucked up thing Shameless has ever done. Yeah, oh, absolutely, absolutely. 
because we see Carl grab a skateboard, go frantically running to that kid's house that we saw that had Nick's bike. He knew exactly where he was going. And Nick is sitting there on the front porch with his head in his hands and the sound of a woman wailing in the house. And Nick has a blood-covered hammer sitting next to him. The gut-wrenching, like, what did you do? Like, that Ethan gives. Oh, my God. It's But he already knows. You know? Yeah. He's like, dude, what'd you do? He just, he doesn't want it to be true. He's like, what the fuck did you do? And he walks in and he sees and he comes out and pukes over the railing because Nick beat this kid to death with the hammer. He beat a child to death with the hammer because of this bike. Yeah, dude. Like, what the fuck? What the fuck? Okay. Wait, it's just a woman. It's just the mother there. No dad. I think you, all you can we, hear is the mom. Mem- he does return to the and house talks in like the dad. an episode or two. Okay. They're, they both open the door, but in this scene, you only Obviously, hear Obviously, I can see, like, not I, can, not I can see in the way of, like, I can understand why he did this, but more like, more like I can see why Nick killed the kid, but, like, more logically, I guess I'm, like, I don't assume that the kid would have been the one to have stolen his bike. I would have assumed that it would have been the dad who saw it on the street and was like, oh my God, this would be perfect for my kid. Yeah. Yeah, Because like what kid can just like rip up a chain like that? Like handy dandy. I mean, like they live in the South side. Maybe the kid did steal the bike. Like maybe he did. Maybe, but it's, I, I don't know. It's not as likely to me. Like I'm sure that's probably the implication of what happened or that's like what Nick assumed happened because he was that kind of kid who yeah. had the, that skill set but it just it makes it so much more sad to me because I assume that like the father was the one who actually stole the bike yeah you know but like what what the fuck like this show has done some fucked up dark stuff but that I was not expecting that I was not expecting him to have yeah. murdered the child for the bike. Yeah. No, it's very, very yeah. dark. It's like, it happened and I like paused the episode. I was like, what the fuck do you mean? Like, what the fuck? Yeah. Oh, So. And, up. and he is on the porch and he tells Carl, you gotta go. They called the cops. Like, you better split. No, I think he goes, I already called the cops. Th- yeah, I go. think he. Like, I think he called he them. He knew he was done. Called him on himself. Yeah. And like, I cannot believe that this is not the main crux of this episode that this is a footnote or like the last end of this episode like why is it not the last scene is kind of the question but i do think that the actual last scene is probably a better a better choice it's more relevant that will continue on versus like this i guess it's kind of the third the third act climax yeah like I like I I wrote this was like I do not know how to move on from this scene because mm. what the fuck did I just watch? But the show forces <laughs> you to like you just have to. It doesn't give you a second to process. Not move on, but like you have to keep watching because the episode's not over. Like it's hands down the most fucked up thing the show's ever done. It's it was horrifying. Yeah, it's excellent writing, but it's it's horrifying. That reminds me of I recently just watched. I finished The Curse, the Nathan Fielder show. Uh, I haven't seen it yet. Oh my god. Okay, it's pretty slow, but the payoff, the ending is a little controversial, I think, because some people thought it was stupid. I loved it. I was fascinated. I was scared. 
like actually Ooh, scared okay. or i don't know i was watching it and like i'm not gonna spoil what happens but i was like sick yeah. to my stomach for the last like Whoa. half hour of the last episode even though like i knew interesting how it was ultimately gonna end i was like just based on you know the the circumstances that the characters were in i was sick to my Mm -hmm. fucking stomach waiting for it to happen Ooh, i'm really excited i definitely want to check it out the only clip i've been you'll i think you'll want to drop it because it does get kind of slow but if you care about like the characters or or you're more just like you want to see the show get more and more like cringe and uncomfortable which is kind of what happens then it's like mm-hmm. you'll you'll be fine. Gotcha. The only clip I've seen about it that I've actually been grateful that it's been so spoiler free is just like when she wakes up, she goes, Why That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> that's the literal end. That's like Earth. That's the oh, last that's the episode. End? That's the last episode. Because like What the fuck? Yeah. That's the only thing I've seen so far. And I was like, I, I kind of Because watch nothing this. else like supernatural happens in the season, but there's this like looming question of like is the curse real is it not real like can you interpret some events as like divine intervention or supernatural intervention but then there's always some sort of like explanation for it or it's just a mystery that's left unsolved it's really more about how the characters actions affect people around them like in the actual town (gasps) but then in the last episode it's like nope he's on the ceiling now (laughs) like okay okay cool i'm i'm kind of disappointed that that was that is such a bummer for myself it being the last episode but i'm still it's really good i think interesting okay okay anyway sorry it just reminds me of like being so like fucked up and sick and twisted like i think i had the exact same feeling watching the finale of the curses i did like watching this scene where i just felt like so ill and we take a deep breath and we move back to fiona still uh like recovering from her abortion and she asks the other waitress if she has a pad I no no. She goes. Do you have any sanitary napkins? I know, right? Like the way she says like it, Fiona. Why do we pad slander? Is it because it's it's because it's not as sexy as a tampon? Like whatever. <laughs> sanitary pad. The woman Shut says up. that uh, there might be like one from the eighties in the dispenser in the bathroom. Whatever. You're a business. <laughs> You're a business where people sit and eat and spend an hour or two of their time. You should have pads in the bathroom. <sighs> they don't have money the for fuck? that. Uh. Gus walks in. Fiona's like, amazing. You're here. Let's make it quick. Sign the paper. I'll get your ring from the bank in the morning because it's in a safe deposit box. And then this is over. It's not. No, it's she not. She pawned it. Right? Yeah, she's yeah. she's lying. Yeah, she pawned it. But she's I think lying she's just going to buy herself more time. I think she's time. just going to ghost him. Or yeah. she's just giving herself more time to go to the pawn shop and try to ask for the ring back. And he says cruel and terrible things to her. He calls her a lying, cheating sack of shit. He wants to know why she thinks he owes her anything. And she admits that she does not think he owes her anything. She would just appreciate the favor of relinquishing his claim on her house. He's like, I do favors for friends and we are not friends. And then he pours coffee all over the paper. This is not like a favor, though. This is like keeping her from being homeless. Like, yeah, life altering papers like she is trying to get a home for herself and her like it literally costs you nothing to sign a paper i'm sorry like nothing about his life was going to change 
She can pay your two fifty L fare and call it a in fucking fact, day. In fact, like in fact, like if he doesn't sign the papers, his life is going to change more because he's now somewhat legally responsible for this house. Yeah, I like. So she could just pull a fucking uncle, a cousin, whatever. I cousin understand Patrick. that he is hurt yeah. by the things that she did to him, and she did bad things to him. You got married after a week in bed with each other, and that was impulsive and stupid. She should give your ring back. Yes. You wrote a shitty song about her because she cheated on you. Fine. That's fair game. This is her home. It's her home. What the fuck is wrong with you? <sighs> and because she is dealing with that, she's not at Sean's apartment when Carl shows up to Sean's apartment. Wrecked. Carl Carl is back to being the age that he is. Like he is he is a kid who needs his mom and he showed up mm-hmm. at her doorstep and he's like is Fiona here? Can I stay the night? Like he needs his mom. <sighs> and Sean sees th- like Sean sees that in his eyes. He's like something fucking happened and he lets yeah. he lets Carl into the house. Uh, meanwhile, Frank goes to the old house and finds Chucky Living under the back stairs. That's so <laughs> sad. That poor kid. He's been <gasps> squatting underneath the house for two days. I was just going to yep. say, I was like, wait, we get to see Queenie then. Yes. yes. Also, uh, next shame episode. on you two for never telling me who Queenie was. Um, Back at Sean's door. She's mother. <laughs> yeah. Chucky's living She's under the back mom. stairs. They sit together. They eat beans out of a can. Back at Sean's door. Fiona... No, Chucky goes, I, p- I pee myself at night this day warm. And Frank's and like, Frank's smart. like, yeah, he's like, good moves, kid. <laughs> and Sean, or Fiona turns up at Sean's door. She's having a breakdown. She's like, I, he wouldn't sign the paper. I lost the loan. I lost the house. I don't know what the fuck to do anymore. And she she finally starts crying and like breaking down and losing it all over him. And then we do a shot of Carl wide awake watching that happen and like seeing her break. <sighs> she's like this episode is so long and just hurts. She's like I lost the loan, I lost the house and Debbie is having a girl and we can't talk about it and I don't know what I'm doing and she loses it. Uh and like yeah, Carl is laying in bed and sees that. And then also in bed across town, Debbie is reading what to expect when you're expecting formerly cancer mom comes in she's (laughs) she's like i'm not gonna touch you i'm gonna lay down on the floor and not touch you i just need to like not be by myself right now or what's and she's like he works nights doesn't he yeah that's why they need debbie in the first place yeah gotcha and erica's like i'm gonna use this new lease on life to go to the gym and fuck women as long as my husband will let me and live my life she seems cool as hell i'll say it (laughs) yeah No, she's a baddie. I love her. And she says, I like you being here and I wish you didn't have to go. And Debbie also wishes she didn't have to go. So she gets down on the floor. She initiates Frank's plan. She gets down on the floor and starts spooning Erica. Boo. Boo. (laughs) Yeah. Insert Ian fully clothed in bed watching Caleb sleep. Weird for a first date. Weird for a first date. I'll say it. Because they kissed, like, uh, no chemistry. Well, it's just, like, you're staying, you're staying over. I get that it's, like, aw, romantic, like, he's staying over on the first date, but it's, like, only, or it's, like, it's not sexual. But I'm, like, no. It seemed like they spent the whole time insulting each other. 
to be honest. Yeah. And not yeah. in like a sexy way. Now Ian's just like Ian's fuck. like, yeah. uh, okay. We go back to the alibi. There's a line out the door of hipsters, and the bouncer is the young refugee girl holding a machete with a sign around her neck that says, I'm a refugee. I eat fingers. Do not fuck with me. She's not lying. <laughs> Love her. In the morning. I still can't get over like scene with Carl when he's like, how many people? And she's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was Andy Mack. And speaking of Carl. Yeah. <laughs> it's the next morning and Carl is digging a hole. Okay. Over to Frank. He's still asleep with Chucky under the house. And then we hear a voice. We meet Chucky's grandmother, Queenie. She is played by Sherilyn Fenn, who's most famous for being in the original Twin Peaks and famous to me for being in the Psych Twin Peaks episode because she is an original cast member of Twin Peaks. She's mother. Love her. She's so yeah. awesome. And Queenie, Queenie is and- a fun character. I you we get to spend so much time with her Amanda like you're gonna be so excited I love her and she well obviously she's Sammy's mom and Frank is Sammy's dad so they've had a history and she sees them in college or pre-college college College. they they talk about what college but then he like dropped out you know but they she sees him and she's like oh still rolling around in the dirt right where I left you and they kind of trade insults Chucky is still standing there they start banging like they just yeah <laughs> that's their whole relationship but to both of them they're like chucky is not a person he's a thing <laughs> that thing we join carl he's walking into patsy's he dug up a duffel bag full of money from that hole and he slams it on the counter in front of fiona says buy back the house and he walks away so she can't fucking say shit to him again well it's also he's like she's the- out of options yeah and he's like take this and do something good with it and he's like because he offered it the first time around yeah and like he he saw the woman that raised him losing it because she did not know what to do and he's like i can help at least this and like he's trying to help oh but then we cut to credits the after credit shot is Carl putting a cardboard sign that says Carl's crib up on the front of the house. Isn't that from a couple episodes before, though? I don't think so. <sighs> no, I think it's going to be. Oh, yeah. He's episode. like, he's like, I'm the one who bought the house. So, yeah. He was like, it's my house. She's like, um, my name's. Oh, on yeah. The no, lease. no, no. Fiona's <laughs> like, uh, my name is on the paperwork. And he's like, it was my money, though. Yeah. No, he right, though. Well, next. What, what, what part matters the most? Next week. Lip gets fired from being an RA because of the Helene of it all. Queenie tries to leave. Well, no, actually, he... Actually, no, sorry, that's a spoiler. Queenie tries to leave town, but Frank is obsessed with her because the man has a type, blonde and crazy. Uh, Caleb invites Ian to a wedding. No! No! Boo. Not Boo. not this scene. Amanda, not this scene. Amanda, I'm so sorry. I've seen so this sorry. scene. Poor sweet It's actually really dance. funny though. <laughs> Cameron Monahan, I love you dearly. I love you. I love you, my love. What's well, like, dance. girl? You are skin and bones. <laughs> Fiona admits she likes being in the middle of everyone's shit, and Lip goes full drunk, screaming breakup breakdown. <laughs> like <laughs> it's bad. Shit got real in this episode. 
Yeah, no, fucking intense of an episode. Yeah. Like, it doesn't give you a second no, to breathe because everyone's so, going through, like, good. a gut-wrenching thing. It's stretched out. I'm a little bit, I'm a little upset that this is this director's only episode because it was directed really well. Yeah. Like, really, really yeah. well. Uh, like, like I said, that transition from the interrogation scene into the abortion, fuck, man, that was good. That is just what they do. They have these, like, one-off directors who are so freaking good. And then they're like, okay, they're so like, you- goodbye forever. He said, I'm going to go, he go, I'm going to go see uh, John. Well, the, yeah, the dire- or the directors are just like, see ya. Like, I'm out. Peace out. I could not have seen Nick's ending coming like that. Right? I could, I could not have not. predicted that. But also you're like, okay, obviously it's going to be something with the bike. And especially after the bike gets stolen, you're like, okay, he's going to do something fucked up. You never would have thought they would have. You never would have thought they would have gone there. You're like he's gonna snap, but you don't know. Murdering a child, so like, so violently and brutally too. Like not even. Yeah. But they handled it that it wasn't like overly like grotesque. It was more like a more. I don't know. Like I think they handled it well. The blood covered hammer was upsetting for sure, but yeah. Oh yeah, but yeah, it was yeah. it was suggestive. Like yeah. it wasn't grotesque yeah yeah it versus like we got to watch fucking monica slit her wrists in half like they at least they gave us a little bit of like a a more the thing and like like they established nick as yes he was in juvie with carl because he killed his dad his abusive dad who caused him pain you can and like the way it's structured you can forgive him for it because he obviously, he uh, like otherwise seems like a good person who's a nice friend to Carl, who isn't really hurting anybody. And like he got out of an abusive situation in a shitty way, but like, and then this, like, and then this. You like can't forgive him yeah. for this. He just becomes like yeah. a tragic figure. I mean, the whole thing is just really tragic. He, yeah, like he's been incarcerated his whole life. He got locked up as a kid. Like, that's the only life he knows in a way that of course like he wouldn't be able to handle his problem in a well-mannered way because well it's also like i can't imagine and and i know like a lot of like prisoners who cycle in and out do so because they don't like they can't um operate in the real world for like a couple years doesn't change your brain and your habits like you have to work through those things well it's it's also just like the being on your own in the real world with all the rules and bills and all that stuff is like really hard for people to just learn especially when they're coming up through the juvenile system so they never got to learn it you know yeah which and like obviously no one's ever given resources or help once they get released so of course like right or it's like a lot of times like inmates who serve like 10-year sentences or 20-year sentences once they like get out of prison a lot of them go back because the world has simply changed so much that it makes them like Mm -hmm. scared and uncomfortable like like technology alone like learning new technology is impossible this was this was fuck like that like i i have never finished a shameless episode going like i do not know what to say about that because because what the fuck like that's yeah. all i can conjure it's like like the yanis thing was like what like the, yeah well that was absurd 
That was absurd. Yeah, they just had to go the comedic route with that because they're like, how do we do this without yeah, being that was absurd morbidly and this upsetting? Is devastating. Uh for Carl, for Nick, for like it was that was devastating. They just had to bang it all out in one goddamn episode so we all didn't have to fucking cry for the rest of the season. It makes me sad, like, knowing where Carl lands, that this intense of a thing happened and we didn't get something more fruitful of of an ending for him. With, like, his upbringing and what he chooses to do with his life and stuff like that, you mean? Like, well, like, where he lands in season 11. Like, we know, we know, like, him becoming a cop... Him becoming a cop after this Copaganda, is Carl. so upsetting. I think that's my still my biggest, like, Carl anti. It's just, like, he didn't need to be a cop. Why didn't any of them ever try to be a social worker? Like, you'd had bad ones. You could know how to be a good one. Yeah, literally. How about that baddie that helped right, you fucking get Right, but that's probably the turnoff is, like, I had bad ones. Also, I don't know. You you have to go to college to be a so- social worker, right? I, I don't know. I Maybe. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, and so I think yeah. I would say that level of education would need needed. Well, my one of my roommates is on the social work track right now, but I don't know if it's like a requirement that you have to go to. I think I you feel do. like you could definitely work in the field. But you can't be like a, a social like diploma, worker. but you can't like be counseling. like yeah. Like I bet yeah. you could do stuff for social workers, but I don't think you. So I guess yeah. So I guess it's just not like accessible for them mostly because most of them assume that they're not going to go to college the rest of this episode was really good too like the fiona of it all was it was nice to see her come like she's always you know they're macgyvering everything they're figuring it out all the time and she like could not figure it out in this and yeah it's always nice when Fi- we 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 get reminded that Fiona is a sister that was forced yeah. into a mother role. Like it seems like 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 a lot of the time we know this in the back of our heads, but we're like, oh well, she's so like good at it and experienced now. Like she's just basically their mother. She's twenty five, but she's twenty five, twenty six. Like right, it's like episodes like these. It's like you're reminded that yeah. she was a sister first. and that she's like twenty five, twenty six years old. Like, can you imagine trying to trying to get yeah. a hundred thousand dollar loan and and buy your house right now right now like absolutely no. like, i can barely afford rent i don't know what else to say about this sean is an amazing boyfriend still um lip poor lip is gonna go spiraling down the road um ian you have bad taste in men i don't i don't approve mickey yeah. included i'll say it mickey had to be molded <laughs> yeah i'll true. say it you mickey just have bad taste period and fixed and tamed and grown <laughs> but like at the, i remember i remember that yeah. fucking beard we all remember the beard <laughs> the characters had the the characters had to write him oh okay i don't know what else to say <laughs> yeah, um me neither. that was that I'm was upsetting it. goodbye <laughs> Yeah. Over <laughs> Bye, we'll see be ya. back, you know, when we're back. We're still chugging along. I didn't post the episode this week, so I guess we're doing every three weeks now. Whoops. Um snow delay. The weather prevented <laughs> us. Sure. Yeah. The Arctic the Arctic um Yep. Polar Six Vortex. Five will be up the cold next snap. week. And then we'll get this up three weeks after that. Or, you Chicken know, if in. we record another episode sooner than that, then good. Uh, <laughs> but All right. Guys, I'm at an 18 right now with um, with an average of negative 11. We're sitting at 13 uh, with feels Good like zero. Fucking lord. 
I am at 18. Hell yeah. Uh, Yeah, 18, the high of tomorrow looking like 30. Yeah, high of tomorrow is a little better, 27. Um, Yeah, I have 27 for the high for tomorrow. Low of negative three. Sorry. Oh, guys, I have... Uh, I have seventy percent snow yeah, on Friday. Too. We're yeah, I have fifty. Snow. I have fifty percent yeah. tomorrow and Friday. Anyway, Bulk. I'm more. I'm more north than you guys, though. Anyways, <laughs> yeah. No, you're probably colder because you're closer to the water. Yeah. That too. Anyway, that episode was upsetting. Go sit with it. Okay. Bye. <laughs> bye. Bye. <laughs>